Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blackwood Show. The Black, the Black, the Black, Black. Welcome to the Blackwood Show. I am Taylor Blackwood, and this is my show. Uh, due to popular requests, we'll be doing another episode here about cryptocurrency. So I'm going to call it maybe a cryptocurrency follow-up. I like that. <laughs> but I'm going to give you guys some more thoughts. You know, if you uh, aren't familiar with cryptocurrencies in general, I did do a part one to this that you can listen to. And you'll learn a lot about Bitcoin in particular on that one and kind of my thesis a few months back about cryptocurrency. And it's kind of fun because if you listen to that one and then listen to this podcast, you'll kind of get a sense of my journey in crypto. And I call myself like a a pretty sophisticated investor overall. I've been doing it for over a decade, for sure, in the stock market. I've seen uh, bear markets and bull markets, and I've played with all sorts of different assets. I've studied it very extensively, read lots of books, and I'm pretty decent at it, you know, knock on wood. Uh, I've gotten uh, better than normal returns in the stock market over the years. So it's been kind of fun for me to get a whole new asset class from scratch and to kind of play catch up a little bit with some people in my generation. Because shout out to my friends like Mike Liao and some people like that who are advising me about this back in 2019, 2018, saying I should really get more involved in crypto. Really wish I had listened. <laughs> I was a little bit late to this party because I really uh, got into crypto in earnest in late 2020, early 21. But this has been a great run so far. And I think I'm getting a little better grasp of it. So I want to share with you guys an update of what I've learned a little bit more about my allocations and uh, uh, maybe what you might look at doing for yourselves. With that, I got to say uh, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. There's no investment advice that I'm meaning to give you guys. And you should not listen to podcasts without doing your own research and deciding what to buy. So with that boring disclaimer out of the way, let's jump in and I can tell you a little bit about my portfolio and what I think of the crypto market. So I've opened up uh, Coinbase here. When I first started out trading, the first thing I was aware of was Bitcoin, like most people. And I've kind of come to see Bitcoin as like the entry, the gateway drug, right? It's your entry to cryptocurrency, where most people are going to be most familiar with it. It is the first cryptocurrency. It's the one that created the concept and the blockchain. And there's some genius innovations that Bitcoin did. Um, the Satoshi white paper is a great read. I really recommend the white papers basically explain the tech and the thesis behind each of these different coins publicly. So a white paper, you can almost think of it as like a prospectus for a company or a business plan. So I really recommend if you're thinking about investing in one of these coins, go read the white paper. And if nothing else, even if you aren't going to invest in cryptocurrency, go read the Bitcoin white paper. It can be a little bit dry and technical at times. So feel free to skim, but you'll learn a ton about blockchain, cryptocurrency, why it's important. It'll help you understand why this is a valuable thing so that you can move past the the boomers on CNBC who just can't understand crypto and think that it's something that's just going to go away or a fraud or a scam or blah, blah, blah. Anyways. Um, so the white paper on Bitcoin kind of gives you an idea of blockchain. You can listen to my other podcasts. I touch on some of those topics and I cover Bitcoin pretty extensively. At first I invested uh, through my Fidelity account. I use Fidelity as my brokerage account. I love it for stocks, but they don't have access to cryptocurrency really. So like other you know, kind of maybe slightly older investors, like uh, people in their fifties and sixties who I know who are pretty serious investors and have good size uh, brokerage accounts who are investing and kind of got interested in Bitcoin and did some allocating to it. Uh, they bought GBTC, which is like a grayscale Bitcoin trust. And it's supposed to match Bitcoin. The problem with it is that they go and buy Bitcoin and then their price is independent of that. It's publicly traded and you can buy it through Fidelity. Uh, and it doesn't match. There's like a premium and sometimes a discount to what Bitcoin actually is worth versus what that 
like the, what the holdings that Grayscale has is versus what the market cap of Grayscale is. And what that means is that you're not perfectly matching the price of Bitcoin. So it's not really great Bitcoin exposure to go and buy Grayscale bits, Bitcoin compared to buying it directly. So my next foyer was with Robinhood, and then I got mad at them about uh, the GameStop thing, which I covered on this podcast in the past and won't get into, but I deleted my Robinhood. Notably, in that time, as a joke, I bought Dogecoin. I bought $500 of it. And uh, when I closed my Robinhood account, I went and sold Dogecoin, and I was up to like $1,100. So I more than doubled it. Uh, today, uh, at this 70 cent price or whatever that it is, that would be worth over $40,000. So that $500 would have turned into over $40,000 in five months if I'd somehow held on to it. Quick side note now that I'm talking about Dogecoin, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys I think it's BS. I don't think there's any. Uh, um, like real thesis to it. Obviously it's a joke coin. It's just playing greater fool theory if you buy it and play it. And I hope if you decide to, I hope you get lucky and make some money, but that's just a gamble in my mind's eye. I don't, I don't mess with things like Dogecoin or, uh, those quote unquote, um, <laughs> I can't say the word on here cause I don't cuss on this podcast, but the, uh, the bad coins we'll call them, right? Like the altcoins that don't have any real merit. There's a, there's a, there's a more sailor term for it, but anyways, I'm trying to keep this podcast PG. So I don't get the explicit tag from, uh, uh, the podcast. A distributor. So anyways, uh, I stay away from all those altcoins that are very shady or pump and dumps. And I definitely stay away from uh, things like Dogecoin, I think are kind of nonsense. I try to buy crypto that has good underlying theory. So I closed my Robinhood and that's when I got into Coinbase. Now Coinbase has seemed to be a pretty good way for me to trade cryptocurrency. So it's kind of, it's a brokerage account. Uh, so it's kind of similar to like having a Fidelity or something like that. They seem very legitimate. They've since been publicly traded and I did invest in their stock in the publicly traded market. I'm bullish on the company and I really like what they're doing. Uh, their interface leaves a little bit to be uh, wanted, especially on the graphs. It doesn't do a, a clear job of showing you what your gains are in each of your assets, each of the cryptocurrencies you've invested in. But overall, I've had a decent experience with Bitcoin. One thing I'll say real quick is that the fees on these brokerage accounts are insane. So you know how there's been this big push in the last couple of years for all the brokerages to go to free trades and Robinhood kind of pushed all the old school guys like Fidelity and everyone else to do stock trading for free. You still have to pay like a fee for options, but it used to be you had to pay a percentage of uh, your stocks. And then it went to a flat fee, like 15 bucks per trade or whatever. And then it got cheaper and cheaper. And now it's free for you to buy stocks. Well, on Coinbase, they charge you a huge percentage to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. So you have to really pay attention to fees. When I say really pay attention, they can, on the normal Coinbase app, they can go from 1.5% to upwards of 3%, depending on how much you buy. So be really, really careful about how you buy on there. What I do is I downloaded Coinbase Pro which is like their more advanced app. And I buy my cryptocurrency on there, wait the six days they require, and then transfer it to Coinbase. And the reason I do that is that Coinbase Pro has much cheaper fees. So whereas I would be paying 1.5% on all my trades at Coinbase, uh, because I trade a decent volume of crypto now, like over $50,000 a month or whatever, they have a fee of like 35 basis points. So 0.35%. Um, 0.35 of 1% of, uh, uh, of, uh, of your overall trade. So it's still huge fees compared to buying stocks, even at that cheaper rate, but you'll have less than a third of the fee for most of you guys. If you switch over and buying Coinbase pro wait six days for that to settle and then transfer it into your Coinbase account, which they do instantaneously even for free. I like having it in my Coinbase account rather than my Coinbase pro, because the graphs are a little bit better at showing you your account value and you can watch the fluctuations over time. Although again, they leave a lot to be wanted. They don't really show you how much your gain is on each asset and what's going on on a percentage basis over time. So you kind of have to keep track of your own cost basis. It's really, really annoying. 
Having said that, on my forums, like especially on Reddit, I'm on R cryptocurrency, which is a great place to get information on these things. Um, I uh, uh, heard someone saying that they have like a third party app they gave access to Coinbase, and then you can get all that information like you'd have in your Fidelity or Robinhood and things like this to see your percentage gains, your cost basis, make the better informed decisions about when to buy and sell. But uh, I would not advise doing that. I don't know of any third party apps that I would give access to my crypto wallet because if they were nefarious and hacked your account or something over time, then that would just be gone. So anyways, uh, that's kind of my outlook of how I've been buying cryptocurrency since I last talked to you guys. Originally, it was just Grayscale, Bitcoin Trust. Then I wanted to buy other things like Ethereum and some other coins. So I went to Robinhood. Then I got mad at Robinhood and closed my account. Like I think, you, anyways, I won't get on a rant about Robinhood again, but I closed my account at Robinhood and then I got Coinbase. And now I'm happy at Coinbase. There's more sophisticated ones that have access to more coins than Coinbase. I think like Binance might be another big one. And, and there's a handful of these brokerages popping up, depending on whether you're one of my US listeners or international listeners, there's different brokerage accounts for you guys. So just study them online, but get something at least like Coinbase is my advice. You want to have access to a good number of coins. You want decent fees. So again, Coinbase Pro transfer into Coinbase. Hopefully they clean up their fee structure as they get more sophisticated, but that's what I do right now. And overall, I'm pretty happy with that being my way to buy crypto. So that's my advice to you. If you're thinking about getting into a cryptocurrency, look at getting a Coinbase account. Can't give investment advice for entertainment purposes only, but that, that would be a good way to go about buying cryptocurrency. So I'm going to pop open my crypto account and talk to you guys. Last time I talked to you guys, I, I was a big advocate for having the majority of your account in Bitcoin and then a small allocation to Ethereum or maybe a very tiny allocation to a couple coins. And then of your overall liquid net worth, like your investable assets, I told you guys to keep it between five and 10% of your overall invested investable assets. Well, if you'd done that back when I told you months ago to do it, you'd be very, very happy with me because these prices have exploded since then. So that count would have more than doubled if you had followed something like that advice. Bitcoin's done really, really well since my last podcast. Ethereum's blown up. As of uh, the recording of this, I'm looking at my account now. It's at $3,925 a coin for Ethereum. And if you pull up the graph for Ethereum, let's look at one year ago, it was trading for $176. How crazy is that, guys? $3,900 versus $176 a year ago. So that's 22 times your money. So if you'd put in $10,000 into Ethereum one year ago, it'd be worth $222,000 today, guys. It's just cryptocurrency has been on a huge run. There's some good arguments that cryptocurrency may be near a peak. And for that reason, I wouldn't pour like your whole portfolio into it. That's why I kind of give that advice of maybe five to 10% of your portfolio. I have less than uh, 5% of my portfolio in it right now because I chose not to sell stocks. I really understand stocks. I do well in stocks and, I, and it's just a, a safer bet for me personally as an investor. So I didn't want to sell stocks. So instead of that, instead of putting more money into my brokerage account this year, I've been putting those new dollars into cryptocurrency and a couple other alternative investments this year, like a new business I'm starting that I'll tell you guys about another podcast, but, uh, that's how I've been building my account. So that's why I don't have more than 5% of my overall portfolio in it. And it's what, you know, way less, but nonetheless, I still am getting a decent little account in Coinbase. And, uh, uh, that's my advice to you guys is if you're going to sell stocks and build one of these accounts, or if you don't have a lot of invested assets and you're just getting started, I would really keep it five to 10% in crypto, especially since it's had a huge run up. There's lots of smart people who think we're kind of near a peak on cryptocurrency. And, uh, you know, it's something you want to be really cautious with. It's an incredibly volatile asset, meaning it has huge swings up and down on a daily basis. My portfolio will swing up and down 10% every day. Uh, and it's just kind of hard to stomach if you don't have iron hands, but I've been pretty good about it so far. So anyways, back to the meat of the, what you guys are probably curious, how am I allocating uh, in, in my cryptocurrency fund? 
I'm still a big proponent of Bitcoin. It doesn't have the best tech behind it. Uh, the fees for the transactions are going to get higher and higher over time. It uses a ton of energy. So like it's getting a lot of criticism from people who are advocates for green energy and, uh, um, not using wasteful electricity, which of course also translates into costs. So therefore it's not really the best cryptocurrency when it comes to technology. And most people who are serious about crypto, uh, agree about that. But what I've come to see Bitcoin is, is not like an alternative to using us dollars or something you're going to transact in. Although there are still people who believe in that. I don't really see Bitcoin as that personally. I see it as a store of value, the quote unquote digital gold. I really buy into that idea. And I think it's going to happen somewhat at the expense of gold that investors like me, you know, I'm 31 is I was, is I want some of my portfolio diversified in something that behaves like gold that isn't correlated to the stock market. That is a good hedge against inflation and things like that. I don't really believe in gold the way I believe in Bitcoin. So I don't have any gold. I have Bitcoin. And I think there's gonna be lots of investors like me who are buying Bitcoin instead of gold, or maybe in addition to, but I think it'll happen at the expense of gold. You'll see gold not rise as much as it would have if Bitcoin didn't exist. And I think you'll see Bitcoin kind of take that digital store of value role. Excuse me, getting a sip of water there. Side note, big recommendation for you guys. Uh, my girlfriend gave me this. Uh, it's almost like an alternative to a hydro flask called a Lark, L-A-R-Q. And it's like a hydro flask, except it has a top on it that has a UV light and a chargeable battery that lasts like three months. And it sterilizes the inside of it for you, sterilizes the water. It's a really, really cool invention. I definitely recommend it. Anyways, uh, so yeah, on that note, it's green to drink out of these thermo flasks instead of out of water bottles. So Bitcoin is not green. So getting back to the podcast, that's one of the criticisms of it, but I see it as a, a store of value. I think, I think Bitcoin, if I had to guess and, you know, guessing what's going to happen with any asset is a fool's errands, especially in a huge run up like this. But I think that Bitcoin in the next five years will at least triple. That's kind of my guess in the next five years. So if you can ride out the waves, I think that's what you'll get out of it uh, at least. But I think that's a pretty safe assumption at this point that you'd see Bitcoin somewhere like right now, Bitcoin's at 58,000. I think you'll see it somewhere around 180,000 within five years. And that's pretty conservative. Some people think it's going to be way higher. Uh, it's going to continue to be the gateway drug or the entry point for people to get into uh, cryptocurrency. In my opinion, it's going to be the first thing that serious investors buy and older and older people and bigger and bigger money are starting to get into crypto now. And the big dogs, the hedge funds, the pension funds, uh, major us corporations, like in the S and P 500 and things, I think they're more warmed up than ever than having to having some of their cash reserves that these businesses hold allocated to things like Bitcoin. I mean, Tesla really crushed the headlines when Elon Musk put a big bet into crypto is over a billion dollars. I think now that he has it worth a crypto on the balance sheet of Tesla. And I remember they sold some of it in their Q1 results. They booked a hundred million dollars in profit in uh, the sale of Bitcoin. So I think that's warming up uh, other companies to getting a little bold and allocating maybe a smaller portion than Tesla on a percentage basis, but some of their cash reserves. And if that happens, bar the door for Bitcoin, it's going to go through the roof because there's a limited supply of them. But the tech isn't great. You know, there's a bunch of reasons you can research a bunch of criticisms, but the the fees can get high for transactions. And uh, over time, there's going to be less incentive to mine and therefore to run the blockchain. So they're going to turn to fees and away from rewarding miners and the people who uh, basically you lend your computing power to verifying the blockchain transactions and you, you get Bitcoin in return for that. It's called mining. Um, and that's your financial incentive for doing it. But over time is there, you get less and less Bitcoin because Bitcoin has a finite number of Bitcoins that can exist. Then it, there's going to be less and less incentive over time. There's people who argue every different direction about that, but my read on 
on is that Bitcoin doesn't have the superior technology. And since it's this thing that no one owns, it's not someone who's running a project on Bitcoin. It's something this anonymous person, Satoshi, put out there once and now it's out there forever. Um, that's just kind of it for Bitcoin. And it, honestly, it's withstood the, the test of time. The fact that, you know, it hasn't really gotten hacked in any meaningful way and there haven't been any mistakes in the blockchain to speak of that are verifiable. It's pretty amazing. It's a testament to how forward thinking you was with Bitcoin. It's still a great investment, but I don't think it's the future. If you guys are looking to make a little money and a somewhat safe bet, I've become a real bull on Ethereum. And I think Ethereum, you know, I mentioned Bitcoin, I think is going to three X. I think Ethereum is going to at least 10 X. And I said, Bitcoin is going to three X in five years. I think that uh, Ethereum is going to 10 X within three years. That's my prediction for it. Um, I actually was saying that last night was at 3,500. So I might need to adjust that a little bit now that it's at 3,800 because it's gone up a ton within the last day. It's gone up 13% within the last day. I was out with some friends last night and we were all talking about cryptocurrencies. There's some really smart guys and I was running my theory by them and they all agreed. And I just on the spot bought another big chunk of Ethereum. I bought like 20 grand worth last night because I was getting excited about it again. Uh, I think it's just a great investment so far. You know, I made a uh, 12% on that. So geez, yeah, on that 20 grand that I just put in last night times 1.12, I made $2,400. So that's feeling pretty smart about the fact that I pulled the trigger on that at dinner with some friends last night. And that's a fun part of crypto too, is that you can trade it 24 seven. So it's like, I'm almost like an addict looking at my phone and, because you can look at it any time of day and it's always doing crazy stuff. But Ethereum, I'm a big bull on. What I like about Ethereum is this. First of all, it's a, a public project, right? So it's it's something that has de, uh, defined fi founders. You can look up who is running it, you know, and you can and they publish everything that they're doing, all the changes to the network, and they're constantly trying to develop it and make it better. That's really really exciting. That means that if you find flaws or there's other uh, aspects you might want to bring in your blockchain, they can actually incorporate that into Ethereum over time. So, you know, if you look at the Wikipedia for Ethereum, it's a decentralized open source blockchain with smart contract functionality. Ether is the native cryptocurrency of the platform. It is the second largest cryptocurrency by market cap after Bitcoin, meaning it's the second most valuable cryptocurrency in the world right now. And Ethereum is the most actively used blockchain. That's an important thing. There's more use on Ethereum than there is on Bitcoin. So although Bitcoin has, is more valuable in terms of market cap, Ethereum is being used much, much more. And is literally like over a trillion transactions regularly. I don't remember the interval, so I don't want to misquote it, but it might even be like quarterly or monthly or something crazy like that. You know, all these NFTs and things that are blowing up. They're all done on Ethereum and all sorts of different coins, decentralized finance coins and all these projects. They're done on the Ethereum network. So that's an important thing. You know, Bitcoin's just kind of Bitcoin. It's there to be a cryptocurrency. Some people are starting to use it as a store of value. It's the most known and most recognized, uh, uh, cryptocurrency. And since currencies need people to believe in them in order for them to be valuable, it has value because of that, because it's the most recognizable. And that's why I'm a bit of a bull on it, but not as much as Ethereum, because Ethereum is getting the real projects done on it. This is where all the real uh, rubber is meeting the road of it solving real world problems. So like these decentralized finance coins that live on the Ethereum network, they adopt the protocols and all the safety and all the notoriety of Ethereum. And then they try to create their own value for consumers on that blockchain. Some of them are creating apps that allow you to send money without there being uh, transaction fees and things like this. And that's especially important. Consider this for one second. Like imagine if you're an immigrant, come to the United States, 
and trying to send money back uh, to South America somewhere. You know, right now, if you're trying to send $20 back uh, to South America from the United States, it could be that your loved ones in some country in South America only get $8 of it by the time it gets through transaction fees from the banks, transaction from maybe a credit card if you send it that way, transaction fees and to converting it from uh, US dollars that you earned it in back to whatever your native currency is. By the time it gets there, the some of these decentralized coins analyze it and say, you know, they're getting a fraction of their money, less than half the money can make it in these small uh, amounts they're trying to send back home. So even though $20 is meaningful in certain countries in South America, and it's worth people working in the United States and sending that back to their family, it's getting eaten up by fees. And basically it's big banks and uh, these uh, pe you know people who do conversions, like the agencies that uh, convert money for you and take a fee. I mean, they take exorbitant fees on small amount of money on a percentage basis. So these decentralized coins are trying to solve real world problems like that. And there's all sorts of fascinating coins. There's coins that make a market for letting you lend cryptocurrency to one another. There's uh, coins that let you do derivative functions. There's coins that solve real world finance problems like sending money. There's coins that help you crowdfund. I mean, there's anything you can imagine. There's NFTs you know, for trading uh, digital images and digital art and stuff like this, or trading uh, those GIF videos like the, the NBA did with their NFTs. It's just, there's an insane number of applications and they're all running on Ethereum. So what I want you guys to take away from this is that Ethereum has better technology. Uh, it has the potential for reducing their transaction fees, although that's one fair criticism of Ethereum. It'll probably be better than uh, Bitcoin over time is my take on it, although there are some competitors to Ethereum that seem to have lower fees for now. Um, that's kind of a debated issue. But Ethereum is the, the most adopted and major platform for other people to develop cryptocurrency applications and coins on. So think of uh, Ethereum as the app store that they're going to grow as everyone grows on the Ethereum network. And if you buy Ethereum, that's kind of a bet that all these, that some of these other cryptocurrencies are going to work out without you having to choose them. So the way I have my portfolio now is that I'm uh, about 45% Bitcoin, 45% Ethereum, and then 10% a grip of uh, uh, altcoins that I kind of like. So I'll give you guys a quick rundown of a couple other that I'm in. But again, that's 45% Bitcoin. Now it's 45% Ethereum. So that's a big shift from last time I did this podcast where I was talking about maybe 70% Bitcoin, 20% uh, Ethereum, 10% altcoins, or 80% Bitcoin, or 20% Ethereum and everything else. Right now, I'm more like 45-45. I have a huge bet on Ethereum, and I'm thinking about growing it. I really, really feel confident about this bet in Ethereum, to tell you guys the truth. The other one I really like is Cosmos. Uh, that's been a great investment for me. I have a, a little bit, in it, not a ton, but uh, their market cap's 5.9 billion. Cosmos is a cryptocurrency that powers an ecosystem of blockchains designed to scale and interoperate, interoperate with each other. The team aims to create an internet of blockchains, a network of blockchains able to communicate with each other in a decentralized way. Cosmos is proof of stake chain. Atom holders can stake their tokens where, where you get a percentage, like I get 5% APY through Cosmos, although, uh, or through Coinbase, but Coinbase takes a, a, bit, a bit of a fee there too. It's kind of annoying. It should get a higher API. I think it's in reality like 8% if you could get it directly from the project somehow. So there's more sophisticated ways to buy than Coinbase, but Coinbase is good enough for me and my application as an investor. So anyways, uh, Cosmos is one that I really like. I, that's my third biggest holding. But again, this is getting into smaller percentages now. I have Litecoin that's basically exactly like Bitcoin, but they solve the transaction fees I talked about. So it, it moves quicker and there's less uh, transaction fees, less electricity costs associated with transaction, but it's just Bitcoin otherwise. I have a small allocation to Chainlink. Um, that's one that lives on the Ethereum network, I believe. Ave, Stellar Lumens, and Anchor, and Ren. Ren's the only one I've ever lost money on. 
but I only put a thousand dollars in that, like a, just a minuscule amount. And it went down to eight fifteen. So it's not like I lost a ton of money on it. That's the only cryptocurrency that hasn't done well that I bought so far. It's knock on wood. It's been a, a heck of a bull market so far. It's been really amazing time to be an investor in cryptocurrency. So how do you time these things? I don't know how to tell you guys how to time these things. You know me, if you listen to this podcast, I don't have, you know, weekly or daily time horizons. So I can't tell you. I mean, there's lots of people trying to do technical analysis and become multimillionaires within a couple months on cryptocurrency. Don't listen to me if that's what you're looking to do. But if you're looking to make some money over the next three to five years, I can't give it investment advice for entertainment purposes only, but that's what I'm doing. You know, I have a, a big bet on Bitcoin, a growing bet on Ethereum, and it's probably going to be a dominant part of my crypto portfolio in the coming months as I keep growing it. And I have a small allocation. Like I said, I'm less than 5% of my overall brokerage account uh, right now. But uh, during the inevitable next cycle, when there's the next downturn in cryptocurrency, I think I'm going to raise that. I'm going to start looking at allocating, maybe taking some money out of stocks that have declined and locking in some losses for taxable reasons and moving that money into crypto. I'm going to start to grow this over time. And I'm becoming an increasing uh, bull on this whole segment. I'm a big believer in this asset class. And I really like cryptocurrency and what it represents for the future. I think this is a great investment opportunity and it's really exciting to see the way they're solving real world problems. I'd encourage you guys to do some more research on Ethereum and do some more uh, research on the coins that live on its network. Start with DeFi coins, decentralized finance coins, and you'll find some really clever ones that solve some of the problems I mentioned to you guys. But you'll find a lot of other cool projects with a lot of smart people developing on them on there that are really, really genius. So anyways, uh, that's due to popular demand. Did you guys an update on my cryptocurrency holdings and portfolio? I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, you can reach me at the Blackwood show on my Instagram would be perfect. But I also have an email, the Blackwood show at gmail.com. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, I'd love to hear from you guys. I get a ton of listener questions. So I'll do another one of those episodes soon. I got listeners all over the world now and dozens of countries that have tuned into the Blackwood show. I'm really, really proud of that. So thank you for your support. It would help me if you subscribe to the show. And if you sent this to a friend who, you know, is interested in cryptocurrencies and would get a kick out of this episode, I'd love to get their thoughts and get some more growing exposure. This is a project I'm pretty proud of, but I'm really trying to grow it this year aggressively. So if you guys don't mind forwarding this episode onto someone, I'd really, really appreciate that. And like I said, I love engaging with you guys and with my fans. You guys are awesome. I have some of the best listeners out there and the community is really growing nicely. I'm thinking about doing um, like a chat room, like one of those, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the one that everyone uses on Twitch. Discord. I might start a Discord for us at some point so we can all kind of connect. And you guys will find that a lot of you guys are like-minded. I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of successful people, a lot of people are growing in their careers. A lot of people are just interested fans who know a lot and have some great questions. So feel free to reach out to me if uh, uh, you have any of those. And eventually, hopefully, we'll have a community together where you guys can talk directly to one another. So that's where this is heading. Anyways, uh, I know there's a lot of ways to entertain yourself, not the least of which are a bunch of great podcasts. So thank you for listening to Little Old Me. Talk at you soon.